Hello and welcome to the Chronically Well podcast. I am Callie Hunter, your host, and um, it's been a while since I have put anything out, um, and so I just wanted to spend a little bit of time kind of talking about um, the direction that this podcast is going to be going and sort of what it has been in the past. So um, this all started when I got a chronic illness and I healed from it um, and more emotionally than I did even physically, but the physical did follow. And I just learned through that experience that there is not a whole lot of support for people who experience a chronic illness diagnosis um, for them emotionally, um, mentally, and there's a lot of mental health problems that can kind of come out of that. Um, You know, you tell someone that they're going to have pain or these medical conditions or, um, you know, you name it, whatever it is that's affecting your body that's really making you pull out of this equilibrium of feeling safe and okay. And you're always thinking about it. And, you know, you go to the doctor and they say, okay, well, you actually, you have a disease and, um, it's never going to get better, right? Like up until that point you get sick, you get, you get, um, you get better. And like, this is the first time where someone tells you, yeah, you're not going to get better. Here's a pamphlet. Good luck with that. Um, no mental health support. It sucks. And you know, if they give you anything, they tell you to go into a forum. And those forums are where people go who never get better in any way. So um, that's why this podcast started. That's why my blog started is that I did a lot of research to kind of determine what do we go through when we go through a chronic illness? What do we go through psychologically? And there's a a lot of research to support that we lose a sense of identity and that we have to rebuild that. And so I've wanted to be a place where I can um, give support for that. And it's going to continue to be. Um, But damn it, (laughs) the past four or five years of my life have turned into more than just that. Because, you know, lo and behold, we don't just get the one hard thing. We get more. And I went through a divorce, um, a really terrible breakup recently, and just lots of things that um, have really um, been difficult, but through all of them have taught me a whole lot. And so um, I'm hoping that I can bring some resources to all of you for that because here's the other thing is that I feel like there is um, a lot of talk over, you know, um, you need to do stuff for you. You need to, you know, spend time with yourself. And it's all so fucking vague and I'm tired of it. And I know you probably are too. So I'm really just hoping that um, I can kind of shift um, this podcast into being a place where you find actual um, tools and support. Um, When I was doing wellness coaching in Rockford, the town that I live in, um, I met with clients and put together plans with them and gave them tools and homework every week and things you can actually do. So that's what the focus of this podcast is going to be. It's going to be um, giving you some some avenues. Um, I'm going to talk theory. I'm going to give you some of the research. Um, but we're going to talk about various topics, all of them having to do with being chronically well, whether that's dealing with chronic illness, 
divorce, relationships. Um, I give myself permission to, <laughs> to dive into all of it with you. Just so you know, um, I am a licensed school psychologist, so I did go to graduate school for, and I am a mental health professional. I am not a licensed counselor. That is something I've tried to pursue. Um, the state of Illinois makes it very difficult to do so. Thanks, Illinois. Um, and I've decided at this point in time that rather than going back and repeating things I've already done under a different name, I'm just going to do what I do. And that is what I'm going to do through this podcast, um, through coaching. If you'd like to trust me, I'll be opening some of that up soon as well. So um, that's where we're at. Uh, so hi, <laughs> I'm Callie. And today we're going to talk about divorce and um, being a parent to your children through it. Um, And I guess I just want to start the whole thing off by saying, it's okay if you fuck it up. (laughs) And you will. Because the reality is, is that your whole world is falling apart. And so to expect yourself to be completely uh, pulled together and um, stable for your children is just an impossibility. So take that all off the table. Like take your idea of being the perfect parent during this process. Just remove that because it's not possible. You're going to do the very best job that you can, and I know that you will. But if you have days where you can't get out of bed or where you know something happens with your kid and you don't respond in the best way, Give yourself some um, some grace there because your whole world is falling apart. And maybe you need to parent yourself a little bit through this as well. So um, that being said, there are some things I, I just this is all this is all inspired by a conversation I had with a friend last night who's going through some issues with her son as she's going through a divorce. And um, these were just some things that I said to her, and I was like, maybe these are some things that could be helpful to everyone else. Um, for my own kids, it it was a shit time. <laughs> um, but I will say one thing. Um, I'm really frustrated by the amount of people that, um, say, you know, oh, it's better for the kids. And then there, you know, there, there is research out there that shows like the best thing you can do is stay together unless, unless it's a physically abusive relationship. Well, that's just one piece of research. There's also, just so you know, other research out there that says the higher level of conflict that a child um, observes or is a part of by their parents, regardless of marital status, the higher levels of conflict there are, the greater the levels of anxiety and depression in that child. So I just want you to know that um, it's not always best to stay together for the kids. And also, here's another thing. This is your life, and you're not a hero by sacrificing it because you read an article somewhere that said it's better for your kids. Do you want to show your child that you live your life unhappy because you're afraid? And I don't, I don't think you do. I I do tell my friends that are, you know, kind of in a difficult patch in their relationship, always, always, um, 
do your best to see if it's something you can resolve. Because in the end, if it's something that you can resolve with low conflict and you guys can make it work together, the pain of going through all of this, the pain of losing your best friend, the pain of um, breaking apart financially and emotionally and seeing your kids go through all of this, you're going to want to know for yourself that you've made the right choice. Um, I, or at least that you've attempted <laughs> to make it better. I remember back when I was ready to leave my ex-husband, it was October of 2018. I remember it vividly. I was on an airplane back from a trip and I knew I wanted to leave. Um, but when I got back, uh, I, there was another fight that happened and I was ready. I was like, I'm done. And I talked to my brother and he told me, Callie, I know the type of person you are. And if you don't give this one final shot, you are always going to regret it. And he was right. Um, I don't regret it because I asked my ex finally after lots had gone down to go to marital counseling with me. We tried it. I went to counseling myself, um, and through that process, really learned that I had given it my all, and this is not the right relationship. And um, I saw my kids go from, you know, my son was throwing up once a week at least at night. Um, he was picking at the paint on the wall. These are things that were happening when I was married. And since then, none of those symptoms have come up. Have there been other issues and is it hard through the process? Yes. And people who say, oh, the kids are better off, maybe down the road, but you're going to go through a period that is really hard. Just like accept that. That's what I told my friend last night. Like this is, I don't know if any of you have watched Love Actually, but one of my favorite lines Emma Thompson is talking to Liam Neeson and his wife has just died and um, she's trying to give him advice and she just says, we always knew this, this was going to be a shit time. And sometimes like that sounds maybe callous to say, but it's true. This is just going to be a shit time, but you're going to get through it and you're going to look back and um, be proud of yourself for what you did do. Um the one thing that I can say that if, if you can offer this um, is to establish some sort of constant through the chaos. So uh, for me, so, so right, like everything is, in, is, is you're, you're in a boat and now there's this storm and it's like rocky and there's, n there's no land in sight and everything is just chaos and you're feeling it. And if you're feeling it, I guarantee you, your kids are feeling it. Um, they need to feel, kids need to feel a sense of security. Someone, they need to feel that there is going to be an end to this or that there is some sort of steadiness. So any way that you can offer that, um, emotionally, even physically, um, do that. So some examples, um, for me and my kids, I instituted like, um, a before bedtime, we would read aloud. I would read a book to them. Um, we would all sit on the bed together. And that also gave us a time when we were all together to kind of talk about how they were feeling, what they were going through. Um, 
I was just, the, the friend I was talking to last night said she was starting to institute walks after dinner with the kids. Like they're just going to start doing these walks after dinner, giving these, giving them something that they can count on because there's not a whole lot they can count on, right? And maybe that's even something that you can do for yourself. What's something that you can do that you can count on right now? Who are the people you can count on? Lean into those touch trees, to those places that you can go to that will reorient yourself at a time that's so rocky and tumultuous. Um, the next thing I would say is um, go ahead and lose your shit. You're going to lose your shit, um, but not when they are. When they're falling apart, when they're having their tantrums, because they will. Maybe they won't. Maybe it'll come out in different ways. But for me, my children, and I will not, um, I'm going to keep some things confidential until they are maybe ready one day to share that if they are ever. Um, but we definitely had some times where, you know, I was like, I got to get them into therapy. Um, and I did. That's another thing. If you can do that, if you can afford to do that, um, it's helpful. Um, but also, if you do put them into therapy, make sure you say this. <laughs> make sure you say, there is nothing wrong with you. You are wonderful. You are amazing. There's nothing wrong with who you are or how you're feeling. These are all very normal feelings that you're going through. Um, but there are people who know exactly how to talk to you about that. And I'm here for you to talk to anytime. But maybe you need someone to talk to who you can Maybe even talk about me with if you need to, or someone who knows exactly how to help you through this. Um, just making sure that there's um, no sort of stigma that you're putting on them, that there's like you know something inherently wrong with them for having these feelings and these emotions. These are very normal things to experience. We just have to learn some tools to get through them. Um, and what I mean by not losing your shit when they are, um, when they're falling apart, I heard this, um, I think it was Glennon Doyle, I will double check, but in one of her books, she was talking about how when she was going through her divorce, she asked Liz Gilbert, um, you know, what do I do? Like everybody's falling apart, everything, I don't know what to do with the kids. And Liz Gilbert gave her the example of a flight attendant, right? So when you're on an airplane, I don't know if y'all are like me, but um, if there's any amount of turbulence... Um, I immediately look at the flight attendant and you look to see, okay, are they freaking out? Because if they're freaking out, I'm freaking out more. But if they're not freaking out, then everything's probably okay. Um, and so Liz Gilbert gave that example and just said, if, you know, when things are turbulent for your kids, they need to have someone to look at who offers a sense of everything is going to be okay, even if it's not for you. And you don't have to lie about it. You don't have to... Um, hide your emotion. That's another thing that is really great to actually offer your kids is to let them see you cry sometimes, to let them see it all kind of be really difficult for you sometimes. But when they're falling apart, when they're scared, offer them a place of security, safety, and to show them that they're okay. Um, you might not know what to do, and that's okay. Hopefully I can offer you some things that you can do. Um, when they're having a, an all-out meltdown, um, and hopefully, you know, you're, if you're seeing a therapist or someone with them, they'll offer you those things too. But um, going and crying in the other room while they're doing that, 
okay if you did it, that's okay. But maybe next time, (laughs) just pretend for a minute (laughs) that everything is going to be okay. Because I promise you that in the end it is. Um, You know, maybe there will be some long-term effects, sure. But overall, for my own situation and for other friends that I know who have gone through this and even in the research, um, it will be okay. And um, so, okay, some things that you could do in that moment. Um, Some things that I've offered my kids are, you know, breathing, breathing techniques, doing some box breathing, breathe in for four, hold for four, out for four. You can, you can relate to that. I've heard different (laughs) opinions on how long um, to breathe in and out, but um, just find like a video, like a YouTube video on box breathing um, and just breathe with them and guide them through it. Like at, sit with them, breathe in with me. One, two, three, four, hold. One, two, three, four, breathe out. Two, three, four, and just do that with them. Um, some kids like need to be touched and some don't. Um, I've offered uh, weighted blankets for my kids. Um, they have these, I'll put some links in the show notes. They have these, um, I don't, they look like flying squirrel <laughs> things. I don't know. I'll, I'll have to find it, but it's like a pressure um, um, material that they can put around, wrap around themselves. It feels like a hug. Um, <clears throat> I've also heard someone talk about holding a cold, a frozen orange kind of shocks you into kind of coming back to reality. Um, offering a place for them to go, a calm down zone. We do this in the schools with students all the time <clears throat> is having a place where they can go. Um, maybe even before a meltdown happens where they just need to be alone or they just need to kind of calm down and like you can have things like Play-Doh, some sensory things, um, you know, blocks, or maybe for your child, it's just like being under like a little tent, um, laying down with a pillow or a favorite toy, somewhere where they can escape. Because usually that's what's being sought after, is just somewhere to get away and to calm down. So those are some some examples. Um, also, just making sure that you're checking in with them. Like I said before, having those stable, new practices that you put into place, but always being available for them to talk to about what they're experiencing, what they're going through. Um, The research has definitely found that the higher levels of conflict, the more poorly a um, child is going to progress through the divorce and after and even before. So um, I know it can be very difficult and you can't just completely eliminate conflict Um, but the most that you can do to shield them from that, you know, if you need to have a blowout conversation with your soon to be ex, if you can try to do it in a different room outside at a time when they're not there, if you just had a conversation with them and you need to unload and your kids are in the next room, don't get on the phone and talk to your best friend and just talk shit about their parent. Because here's the thing, no matter how much you can't stand them, They are half of who that person is. They are half of who your child is. And if you're sitting there talking about how terrible they are and how 
awful and and I hate them and and it's probably true. I mean, I don't doubt any of it's true, trust me. But what you're communicating to your child is that half of them is not okay. I read that somewhere when I was going through my divorce and that really sat with me. And so even if they come to me with issues ever, I'm always trying to be very fair to my ex because that is half of who they are. And if they believe for a second that he is not good in some way or he is bad or something about him is bad, they're going to internalize that and feel that about themselves. Now you can work through that if the, if it is in a situation where the other partner is, you know, physically abusive or something is very um, apparently <laughs> terrible about the other person and they can see it. Um, you can work through that and, um, you know, just explain to them that, you know, that the other person has good in them, um, but they're making poor choices. If you can make it less of a who they are and more of the actions that they're taking because they're hurt, um, that can also be helpful. But just trying to um, minimize that conflict as much as possible and to um, allow them to uh, give them the freedom to love the other parent. Um, I'm not saying I've done all of this perfectly. I'm sure my kids have overheard me, you know, upset at times with my ex, but I really do try to limit it. And I've also tried to tell them, like, it's, I want you to love your dad and I want you to um, have a wonderful experience with him. And I want you to be able to talk about him with me. I want you to be able to talk about the things that you do. They shouldn't have to feel like they have to separate their love or their lives depending on the parent that they're with. Um, Take that all with a grain of salt. And I know it's hard, but um, it really is the best thing for them as you go through this process. It also, like I said before, would be really great for them to have um, someone else to talk to other than you or your spouse, ex-spouse, um, because there might be some things that they're feeling that they don't feel they can be honest with you about. You know, maybe they don't want to hurt your feelings or your ex's feelings. Um, so if you have a therapist, awesome. You can always reach out to the, um, mental health professionals in their schools. So, um, they can't, they're not obligated to give any sort of counseling. Um, however, I know, I work, I am a school psychologist. I work with so many social workers. I know, and, and their teacher, simply their teacher, um, any of us would be willing to talk to a child as they're going through a divorce. Just check in with them. Um, we can put things into place in the school buildings, like a check-in, check-out with a preferred adult um, where they could just check in with their teacher in the morning, how you doing on a scale of zero to five, how are you feeling today, um, and having them rate that. Um, also giving them an opportunity to express themselves, so um, journaling, art, creativity, um, maybe having like a sport, um, 
where they can sign up and be a part of that, something that gives them that structure and that stability, like I was saying before, that they might not be feeling so much as they go through the divorce. So those are some of the tools um, that I have found to be very helpful. Um, If you have questions, please reach out to me. You can find me on Instagram um, at River and Quill. And you can email me, um, Callie at riverandquill.com. I'm going to respond to you faster on Instagram. It's just the reality. Um, I'm also going to be opening up coaching soon um, for chronic illness patients, for anyone going through divorce, or really anyone who um, would just like to have someone give them some um, practical tools, um, and next steps. And, um, I will, I'll be, I'll be breaking that all down for you soon, but please reach out. And even if you just have a question, um, I'm here, you're not alone. You're not ruining your children. Stop reading all the articles that say that you are, um, I still feel like even as I say that, just so you know, even as I say that, I imagine people listening to this that think I made the wrong choice. I still think about them. I do. And I still think about their opinion of what I just said right now. And what you really have to do, even though those thoughts are going to come up, what you really have to do is understand that no one knows your life or your situation like you do. No one knows what is best for you and your children like you do. So don't let an article that you read when you Google determine the next steps. Don't let a relative who has no inclination of what you have been going through tell you what to do with your kids and your life, okay? You've got this. You're going to suck a little bit at it, and that's okay. But you are going to get through it and your kids are going to get through it, and you just need to keep going and get the support for yourself also. I should have said that. Make sure you're getting that support for yourself as you go through this, and you're going to be there for your kids, and they're going to remember that you didn't do it perfectly, but guess what? We're human, and they're going to remember that you didn't do it perfectly, but that you also did it pretty damn well, and that it's okay when they mess up because they saw you And they saw you mess up. They saw you cry. They saw you fall apart. And they also saw you get back up and take one step at a time and continue to move forward and continue to love them and continue to give them as many opportunities for that safety, that structure, and that love. And that's really what matters, friend. Continuing to give them that unconditional love and to let them know that they are safe, they are okay, and that you will always hold a place for them of love. Okay, so thank you for listening. Um, I hope that was helpful. I hope that you can find something from that to assist you as you move through this. Reach out to me if you need to. And remember to continue to live your life chronically well. <laughs>